uh, there's no way on this earth I would have considered myself an artist. Yeah. Like that was not even, that didn't even come into my head. It was yeah. just I was gluing things on, on things, just a normal person doing yeah. that. It took me about three years to say I'm an artist. Yeah. I felt like an imposter. Every time someone referred to me as an artist, I'd be like, no, no, I'm not I'm not an mm-hmm. artist, you know. Like I didn't deserve to be called an artist. Yeah. Or, you know, podcast is a deep dive into the arts industry where I talk to creative professionals about what they do and why they do it. I am your host Tani Fosdyke and in this episode I chat with Liz Sontag. Liz is otherwise known as Tinky, known for installing these quirky obscure scenes with tiny little figurines and tiny little other things in street landscapes. We talk about how street art helped her channel her creative voice in her mid-40s, what it was like being discovered by Blender Studios, how she struggled to call herself an artist, and also the spectrum, purpose, and ethics of art in urban landscapes. And a side note that this is the last episode of the season. It is a great note to finish on because Tinky is amazing. I really hope you enjoyed this season. Maybe I'll make some more. Maybe not. It is a mystery even to me. But please let me know if you did enjoy it. I would love to hear your feedback. But in the meantime, enjoy this episode. Welcome, Liz. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having um, me. That's all right. How are you? I'm good. Really good. Excited to do this. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so usually when we start off, I just like to ask kind of like outside of your own expertise, which is street art, what sort of other art do you enjoy? Um, I really love all uh, art practices, to be honest, but I, I really love installation art of any yep. kind and um, and sculpture. Mm-hmm. Um, I live not far away from the McClellan Sculpture Gallery in Langwarren and oh, yeah. um, I tend to go there a lot for inspiration because a lot of the sculptures are really big and out sort of in outside locations sort of very you know in bushland and Mm. I just find that really inspiring um yeah and the ones I tend to like are a little quirky a little odd so not just a sculpture of um a face or a head or Mm. something but something that's a little bit unusual with a statement that yeah you can sort of um, gather from it. I, I think really I like. I think I went there once on a drive down to the Mornington yeah. Peninsula. Is that the right yes, one? Yes, it is. And we just kind of yeah, pulled up and it was gorgeous. It's you know. beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's a big lake and yeah. um, an art gallery as well. But yeah. you can just sort of get lost in the in the walking around. Yeah, it's very immersive, isn't mm. it? And it kind of reminds me of our like Dr. Seuss world a little yeah, bit. You know? Yeah, I know. Actually, there are some artworks there that are a bit like that, very curly. Yeah. <laughs> the grassy yeah. ones are really... Yeah, and kind just, of it's a bit, you know, you yeah. like it's a bit of a wonky sort of world. Yeah, it's nice. and you sort of walk along in the bush and then all of a sudden there's a traffic light that's mm. in the middle of the bush and, yeah. you know, you can play <laughs> with that and press the button and, you know, have, there are noises and, I don't know, I just love it, things that are hidden away that kind of jump out yeah, when awesome. you least expect it. And as someone who's consuming art rather than someone who's making it, what does art do for you? Um, it it just makes me really excited, to be mm. honest. I, I get um, an, an energy from it 
when I view it, um, that it's really hard to explain. I'm sure any art lover would probably feel the same way, but um, it's uh, inspiring and um, I often feel not envious but wished I had that sort of capacity to um, create mm. the works that I often see because I think, yeah. well, I'm not doing anything like that. Um, yeah, it just I feel, it makes me feel alive really. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Do you remember your first connection with art? Look, I think the biggest connection for me, I've always enjoyed art. Mm. I've never been as passionate about it as I am now. Yeah. Like perhaps growing up in my teen years yeah. and that sort of thing. I don't think I was connected to it in, in any way really then. Um, it happened more recently when I was in my f- mid-40s. Yeah. And, um, and I have to say it was street art that kind of mm-hmm. inspired that. Um, yeah. massive obsession and it really was an obsession. Yeah. It's all I thought about day and night. I had a, a, a day job and it's all I thought about while I was in my wow. day job. Um, yeah, but I guess there was a, a bit of a reasoning behind that in that I used to have um, episodes of hypermania mm-hmm. and so with that would come, you know, something that would trigger uh a visual thing usually would trigger something in me that I would then go into this sort of manic mm-hmm. um, obsession about a, a particular thing. Yeah. Um, and all I can – I now look back on my life and think, well, I can remember so many times when that happened. Yeah. But street art was that for me and then yeah. – but it's just never gone away. Like, yeah, wow. The mania has kind of controlled <laughs> yeah. but um, but the that, that sort of love – um, love of it and for it is still there. And what was the initial street art you're connecting with? Was it so- something um, in Melbourne? It or- was, yeah. It was um, a mural I saw um, being painted actually in Duckboard Place, ACDC Lane, or where that mm. where it sort of curves into one another. Oh, cool. and becomes, yeah. Um, and we, I was walking down there and I saw a guy painting a mural and they were filming him which I didn't mean much to me at the time but I just stood back and watched him and I was really watched in awe and then I'm so embarrassed now but at the time I went up to him and just started saying oh so asking really dumb questions yeah like oh so have you you know have you been doing this for long Mm. um and he was so nice he stopped what he's doing and he talked to me Normally, like I wasn't irritating him. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> and, nice. <laughs> and he was so sweet, gave me a bit of time and then, you know, I wandered off in my own little world. And, yeah, kind of the, the yeah. sparks sort of flying. Yeah. yeah, and I remember just sort of that was the pivotal moment for mm-hmm. me and then it was months and months later I worked out who that was yeah. and it was Meg's. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> I was so mortified. Oh, that's so, so sweet. Mortified. It's like, oh my god, of all the people, like, really, could you get yeah any bigger? You had no idea. <laughs> had you know, no that's idea. so funny. So, and because yeah. I think I saw a photo of him, and I was like, oh my god, that was who I spoke to that day. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you did know, you might have been a little bit more nervous. I would never have approached him. I'd know. I'll just leave yeah. him be. <laughs> I would never have approached him. Yeah, oh, so, so that was kind of um, that's cool. I I love yeah. street art. Like I always think, if I did a PhD, I'd love to do it on um, the street art in Athens. Because oh. I went to Athens in two thousand and when I did my exchange overseas it was two thousand fifteen yeah. or something, and I loved it. 
Then I happened to go back to Athens in 2000 and early 2018. Right. Um, and the city's just covered in graffiti. Like, it's only government buildings and very ancient sites that don't have graffiti on it. Yeah. Every building is touched with um, graffiti and it's not actually bad. You know, it's quite a lot of it's very beautiful and it reflects that they're like their financial crisis. Not many people yeah. have work, especially young people. So yeah. it's, you know, the, peop- the young people are very restless and they're turning to the streets. Mm. That's to fascinating. It. It's yeah. very interesting you say yeah. that because. Um, I went there many, many years ago and yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. And I, it possibly wasn't a thing when I went mm. there because it was a long time ago. Um, but that's the second time today I've heard. Oh, really? It was, there was something online oh, today wow, yeah. about the street art in Greece. Yeah. And I, and when I was reading it, I was like, I didn't even know that. And now you're talking yeah, about it. Yeah. It's, really it's kind of being in, in the, if you're in a taxi, it's like being in an art gallery. It's just, just How surrounded by it. But apparently a lot of, uh, well-known graffitiists will just travel there because it's, you know, yeah, open. It's like a you, free right? Yeah, which is really bizarre. I guess yeah. maybe the law enforcement's just not too concerned about it because, you know, there's riots in the street and Yeah, well, like that's that. true. Yeah. But I wonder if, like, Melbourne, they um, embrace it because that, that it brings in tourism and the yeah. tourist dollar maybe as well. Yeah, I mean, I've got graffiti on the side of my house and I I'm just like, that. oh, yeah. my God, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's- <laughs> Um, so kind of moving on, so what kind of motive, I guess we might have just start, start talking about this, what motivated you to pursue a creative practice? I know first you tried jewellery, then you mm. moved on to street installations. Yeah, um, I think I've always been cre- creative, Yeah. Um, probably since, you know, maybe early 20s or something. Mm-hmm. I'm 51 now, so, yeah. you know, that was a while ago. Um, but I never saw myself as a creative person. Yeah. I just did, you know, I just wanted to do, you know, I wanted to make jewelry. I made head, head pieces for a what hair pieces for a long time. Yeah. Um, and they weren't particularly great, but I was selling them and, you know, mm. I, I was a secondhand, um, dealer for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I was always doing something else other than just my job. Yeah. My day job, I suppose. Um, and I never questioned why or wondered about mm-hmm. why I was doing that, I suppose. Um, this, the installation side came, you know, pretty late in life. I think mm-hmm. it was 45 or 46 or something. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and truly it was the last thing I would have ever expected to be doing. Um, and I, it was a very strange thing that motivated that. It was literally I was compelled one Sunday I just got up and it, it, it admittedly it was sort of during that sort of um, manic time where I was really mm. fascinated by street art. Yeah. But I woke up one Sunday and said to my husband, we have to go to a trash and treasure market. Yeah. I'm not sure why, but I need to get toy soldiers and something else, but I don't yeah. know what it is. And my husband, Carl, he's awesome. He just was like, oh, okay. <laughs> just went along <laughs> with it. You sounds know. like my partner. I'll, I'll be like, today I have to find a typewriter. Yeah. You know, I'm going on Gumtree and I will find one and I will write a story on the typewriter that's, today. Yeah. That's exactly, that's exactly it. So off I dragged him to the nearest uh, Trash and Treasure Market, which, which was actually in Frankston because mm. we live down the peninsula way. Um, and I walked in and the second stall, uh, there was a lady selling two big jars of yeah. toy soldiers. It was unreal. It was like, wow. oh, my God. Okay, so I bought those. And I was kind of, there was like a real excited, mm. so excitable sort of energy in me. I, yeah. I just remember 
really with purpose striding around that market going, I have to find something else. I don't know what it's going to be until I see it. Um, And then I saw a big bird, which was probably, you know, six centimetres tall. Yeah. Plastic. um, And he had his arms out uh, in a funny way. Yeah. It just was a bit silly. Yeah. And it was like, that's it. So I bought, you know, $2 big bird, Mm -hmm. my $5 jars of... Cool. Yeah. Two soldiers. And then I said to Carl, okay, now we have to drive to Collingwood, which is an hour away. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, okay. <laughs> He's still saying, okay. <laughs> and uh, drove to Collingwood and I found a laneway. I said, mm. look, I don't know. I just want to put something on the street. Yep. I, I No, I think it was also in, being inspired by street art. Mm. I know I can't paint or draw. Yeah. Um, so I thought, well, maybe, you know, I'll just do something mm. silly and so I put this scene up of the toy soldiers holding up holding up Big Bird <laughs> and it kind of was really cute and silly and I took yeah. a photo and it made me laugh Yeah, and glued it all down on a windowsill mm-hmm. near Backwards Gallery as I now know. I didn't realise at the time I don't know <laughs> where I was and, um, yeah, and from there and I walked away from that thinking, well, tick, done. Cool, yeah. yeah. And then... I think it, a couple of people photographed it, maybe a couple of street art photographers yeah, okay, found yeah. it and photographed it. And mm-hmm. then there was a, someone said, oh, does anyone know who did this? Um, and then I put my hand up and then that was that was it, literally, yeah. that was the start of it. Yeah. yeah. Is it still there? No, I, I don't think it lasted all that long. Yeah. Probably, probably a few days <laughs> maybe, yeah. yeah. I um, mean, maybe you were quite lucky that it was the back of the gallery because you'd be getting all these creative people yes. passing by and it, you know, pops know. out to them That's sort right. of thing. Yeah, yeah. and I, I really didn't realise at the time it was just like a cute laneway yeah. that looked interesting because there were sort of, you know, interesting yeah. little factory shops around there and, yeah. and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, and then I, I think I saw you know, a little bit of a positive response to that. So yeah. I thought, oh, maybe I should do more of this. This is really fun just because yeah. you just get to wander around the streets and yeah. look at walls differently and yeah. windowsills differently. And They suddenly take a purpose. And then, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then I just took all my toys along with me everywhere I went. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah. I mean, that's it's so interesting you said, you know, you don't believe you've got natural artistic talent then you mm. found this thing did mm. you think this was like kind of the beginning of you finding you, you kind of had this like creative energy inside of you and it was a way to start channeling that yeah definitely yeah yeah I think um just trying to think back to how I really felt at that time I just know that it made me feel um like I was do, doing something interesting for me mm-hmm. I didn't so much think about what it would do or was doing for yeah. others or whether it was doing anything at all. I think it was really more it, I was doing it to amuse myself. Yeah. Um, and then as time went on, like mm. you sort of maybe in that first year or so, yeah. Um, I could I could see there was – I was just getting a little bit of a following for it and I was yeah. like, really? Like this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think people love tiny things. Yeah. I, well, yeah. <laughs> they do, I think. They do. I think there's yeah. a real thing for that. Um, and initially I wasn't using miniatures like I am now. Yeah. I was just mostly like little tiny toys and yeah. um, small things. Yeah. Or, you know, a farmer and a couple of sheep looking at a graffiti, graffitied wall. Yeah. Like, you know, it's kind of that mm-hmm. strange um, – like a scene that would 
that would ordinarily yeah. be a farmer in a paddock, but he was yeah. in this urban environment and, that, and like, his yeah. flock of sheep, you know, in yeah. front of a graffiti That's wall. Funny. That yeah, thing. juxtaposition. And when did it start taking um, a bit more of a shape as, you know, this is something I'm doing, mm. this is, like, my artistic practice? Um, yeah. It happened probably after a year mm-hmm. where uh, there's no way – on this earth I would have considered myself an artist. Yeah. Like that was not even – that didn't even come into my head. It was yeah. just I was gluing things on, on things. Mm-hmm. That's all I in my head thought. Yeah. I was, you know, just a normal person doing yeah. that. Um, and then I remember getting a message from Doyle from Blender Studios mm-hmm. who I'd looked up to for a long time. Yeah. And Blender Studios in my mind was like the – pinnacle of like yeah. oh my god that's where all the legends are yeah, <laughs> you know all these crazy people these mm. really interesting kind of um i remember when i was people. i remember, remember when i was in blender studios a few months ago looking at an exhibition and then they were like you know you can come through the studios and i was like oh i just feel too scared yeah, <laughs> like, I, yeah. everyone down there must be like amazing <laughs> i don't want them to talk to well, me that's, yeah. that's I, you know that's how i felt every, every time i went into blender lane yeah. i did a few installations there mm. And whenever I saw an artist come out of that studio, I would literally want to duck and hide because it was yep. like, oh, my God, yeah. artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember one day getting a message from Doyle, who runs mm-hmm. Blender yeah. Studios, um, saying, hey, punk, because he calls everyone punk. Yeah. Um, do you uh, – we're doing this um, festival. It was a street art graffiti festival mm-hmm. four, four year, five years ago or something. Um uh, do you want to come down and do some stuff? Yeah. And I read it and thought, A, Jesus Christ, it's Doyle that's messaged me. Yeah. <laughs> and B, oh, this can't be right. And so mm-hmm. I, I responded to him and said, hey, Doyle, thanks. Um, I think you've sent – but I think you've sent this message to the wrong person. Yeah. So in my mind, I was just totally didn't mm-hmm. see what I was doing as artistic. It yeah. was just funny or fun yeah. or something. Yeah. And um, so it was that at that point I thought, well, hang on a minute, why is he see, see he sees mm-hmm. that differently than I do? Yeah. So I went along to that um, festival, and I just did a few scenes in Loveland Lane, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and it got I think it got picked up by a television station, and oh, they wow. did a bit of a thing on it, and. I was thinking, what the hell? Like, what? <laughs> this is nuts. You know, yeah. Like, it just totally, yeah, blew my mind. And it continues to do that really because yeah. I still, it took me about three years to say I'm an artist. Yeah. It took, I just couldn't say that before. I just, was, mm-hmm. I felt like an imposter. Yeah. I really did. And I was, every time someone referred to me as an artist, I'd be like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not an mm-hmm. artist, you know. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm yeah. not, and I felt like I didn't deserve to be called an artist. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I kind of thought oh, I'm going to be found out any minute. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going, someone's going to find out I'm not an artist. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what was your relationship with that word now? I'm really proud to say yeah. I'm an artist. That's so amazing. Proud. Yeah, makes me really happy to say I'm to an embrace artist. it. Yeah, yeah. And I do now. Like I think no, I. I, I can accept that now and happily mm-hmm. say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and how do you think kind of, um, you know, you were just doing these installations by yourself and they will be funny, then you started, mm-hmm. um, became more defined. How have you developed since 
Um, well, how did you get invited to you know, become to part of Blender Studios and then how have you developed since being there? Yeah, um, well, again, I think um, I, cr- I think I actually, at the risk of sounding like really corny, yeah. I did cry when <laughs> Doyle reached <laughs> out beautiful. again yeah. on, on a message mm-hmm. and, like, I didn't know I didn't know him. Like I'd met him at that festival yeah. and I'd been to Blender maybe seven times. Mm-hmm. And so I knew him very va- vaguely, yeah. you know. Um not really well personally at all. Mm-hmm. And um so I I got a message from him saying again, "Hey punk, um Blender's moving to Docklands. Mm-hmm. We've got a space for you, a studio for you if oh, you want it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I read the message and I think I read it about ten times and then I read it out to Carl and then I burst into tears. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> it was yeah. like this This is like a dream come true, mm. totally, again, something that I didn't yeah. dream in a million years of yeah. ever transpiring. Like I just, And, again, I, did, I went through that imposter syndrome thing yeah. like I really was like but, but I'm gonna get found out the minute I go in there and anyway so we said yes of course we yeah. moved in and um I remember the first day uh in there once we'd set up the studio yeah. and everything was kind of all set up and in, in place in my studio I remember sitting there and looking at Carl and saying what do I do now? <laughs> Look busy. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I was like, what do I do? Because I'd only ever done, you know, mucking around in the street. Yeah. And now there's this guy from Blender who thinks I can, I'm doing something kind of cool. And, yeah. But how do I then translate that from the streets to inside uh, yeah. in a gallery, uh, yeah. in, a, in a studio space? Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of almost relearn, or not relearn, I just had to learn how to um, make things yeah, so that they could be in a cabinet or in a gallery or mm-hmm. in a um, – and that was like a big leap for me because yeah. prior to that I'd only been mucking around in my own head. And mm-hmm. I remember having a conversation with Junkie Projects um, mm-hmm. at a blender party once and it was the, it was the day I got – the key to my yeah. studio and he pulled me aside and it might sound brutal but it but I wasn't offended by it because what he said was true he yeah. said to me I don't think you're taking this seriously oh wow or what I don't think what you're doing I don't think you take it seriously and I said that's intense well it was it? intense yeah. but I kind of thought well I won't get offended by it because it's true I, mm. I wasn't really because I didn't I didn't yep. see myself as an artist. Mm. So I thought at that point, well, okay, now I have to really yep. ch- change my the way I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of it was like a bit of a kick that I kind of yep. needed, which is yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was good actually for him to say that. And and how was it, you know, kind of displaying your work in a gallery for the first time after yeah. being on the street? Oh my God, that was ridiculous. Yeah. That was really um I was so scared. I was so nervous. I'd worked yep. really hard for oh, maybe 10 months on yep. to get um, a whole body of work together. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, I was just, it's, it was really hard to put uh, to put myself out there like Definitely. that because you're, you're really, you're then um, 
not just doing it for you. You've got mm. people there who are looking at your work and judging yeah, it and yeah. like judging it in a in their own mind. Yeah. Um you you know, sometimes there'll be a, like there was an art critic there, there were people in the mm. Melbourne art scene who are really kind of have been around forever yeah. and really people who I've looked up to and not, mm. you know, knew their names and things, collectors and what mm. have you, and you just think, Oh my God. Like, what if no one likes it? Yeah. What if they just laugh at it and think, oh, what a, this is like horse shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is, what is this? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, all of that. And then I was just really scared. I thought, what if nothing sells? Yeah. Then I'll be a failure and I really mm. won't be an artist. Like, I was so insecure about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then on the night, the first, this was uh, my first solo exhibition was at Off the Curb Gallery mm. two years ago. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then once I saw people, like once people started coming in the gallery, yeah. it was like everything was fine. Yeah. I, di- I just lost all that nervousness yeah. and just had a really good time. And yeah, you know, there were lots of people and they were positive and it, we had a really fun time. And, um, it was overwhelming, but definitely it was, it was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess. It's a cliche, be always your own worst critic. And yeah. But if people are coming to your show, there's always, there's, um, sorry, <laughs> lose my train of thought. There's already. Yes. I forgot the word already. There's already an interest there and an admiration yeah. and a, a curiousness. Yeah. And I guess sometimes people, when they're coming to exhibitions, are more interested in kind of exploring ideas than judging. In a way, I think. Yeah, yeah. You think? I think you're right. Like, I look at now when I go to exhibitions, I never go there to judge. Yeah, never, ever. I just look at. I look go there and to appreciate what someone's done. Yeah. Um. You know, maybe hopefully to buy something. Yeah. Or just or to think about what they've done. Like I, mm. I. So yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a really self-indulgent thing to think in a way that oh you know someone's going to be that um purposeful to go there just to critique something yeah um but uh yeah because you're right I don't do that when I go and see people's shows I never do that yeah (laughs) I never never go oh that's oh oh, gee they've let the side down there haven't they yeah I never do that yeah Yeah. um and kind of like since you've grown in that as well and now you've you know had a grown a following and you've worked with you know some galleries and also some bigger brands such Myers um, yeah. and Mecca yeah. how have you handled having you know kind of going from you know just intuitively going to the streets and making these things kind of for yourself and whoever yeah. finds them to working with bigger expectations yeah um I still look at that that experience mm. and think it was so surreal um, yeah I still kind of can't believe it happened mm-hmm. because that came out of uh, completely out of the blue when mm-hmm. I got a call from Mecca, and yeah. um, uh, that was really it was a really interesting experience because you know they I didn't know what was happening when I spoke to them on the phone, and then yeah. they asked me to come in, and yeah. it was all very um, <laughs> Devil Wears Prada, like it was that kind of walk, walking into this magnificent uh, head office. It was a yeah, you know converted factory, yeah. and oh my god, it was just I remember my head spinning when walking in there, and still going in there not knowing. What yeah. conversation we would be having? Yeah. They're like, can you please just put some like lipstick in your installations <laughs> yes. and <laughs> I honestly we'll pay you some money or something? <laughs> I really, yeah, I didn't know. I thought maybe 
it would be maybe something to do with an ad or something. Mm. I don't know. I just, I really didn't know. And then got shown to this beautiful um, boardroom or, or meeting room, um, which was all glass just from top to bottom and a huge big like board table and yeah. um, two funky guys sitting at the end of the table. And I walk in with this gorgeous uh, marketing manager there and, sitting down and I remember just thinking what is happening like yeah is this a dream it was so weird and then there was that well I suppose you think wondering why we brought you here today so yeah and then it all happened from there to get in my yeah. window and that was crazy and exciting but I, I still it was such a shock I didn't really I didn't yeah. really take it take it in yeah. to be honest yeah it was just Sometimes it's like that. You like just have to kind of chug forward. It's and, just like, yeah, I totally like this. Yeah, how, how has this even happened? Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I've gotten what the actual question was. Yeah, I've, probably, right. I've just, probably gone off. No, on a tangent. I, was just, I was just asking how you kind of deal with bigger expectations. <laughs> oh, but you yeah. kind of answered that. You know, you just yeah going forward, and you know, not yeah. Look, I yeah. sort of say I I tend the first two years I said yes to everything because yeah. I thought no, I'm not. I'm going to put myself out of my yeah. comfort zone. I'm going to say yes to everything because mm. you might you don't know when it's all going to yeah, stop exactly. and, and what it will lead to. And yeah, yeah. so um, and that was uh, and and I've done that now a few times where I've been totally out of my comfort zone. Yeah, and the Maya Mecca Maya thing was one of those because yeah. they were asking me to do something that was you know you my my work is so tiny yeah and my window is really large yeah <laughs> and I was thinking how in God's name am I going to do this so I was I was thinking too outside of the square like yeah I, I didn't know how to like hone it back into yeah okay you've got to work small and yeah. um maybe all the props can be bigger or you know I don't know yeah. you can fill out a window yeah the miniatures don't have to fill out the window but yeah that didn't really occur to me at the time I was just getting really kind of worked up about that yeah um, so that we could talk more about your process so when you're collecting objects for an installation piece why are discarded or used objects important to you I think um well, selfishly, I love going to junk shops and yeah. antique shops and markets, mm-hmm. and I just so I do I do a lot of that when I can. Yeah, um, and you just find I don't know you can find so much r- beauty in some of those old things. So, mm. and I, I also really like timber. And yeah. so if I can, f- I often find lots of lovely old mm-hmm. pieces, wooden things that yeah. I, that just appeal to me personally yeah. that I think would be good little vessels for mm-hmm. an installation, whether it's like a little box or a cigar box or, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, old uh, cigarette tins. Um, I don't know. I just think they they have a lot of character. Yeah. And they have a story within itself as well as an object. Mm-hmm. You don't know where it's sort of come from but it yeah. might be 50 or 60 years old or, yeah. or more um, and I really like that. Um, sometimes there's just a bit of comedy value in mm-hmm. it as well. Like I saw, I picked up recently the most hilarious um, laxative tin which was just <laughs> hysterical was to me. Like I just thought yeah. that, oh, my God, I can do something with that, mm-hmm. which I have done. Um, and, you know, like the vintage roller skates that um, – you know, from the 70s, 60s mm-hmm. even, they were metal. And oh, so really? as yeah. kids, like, we would put one of those on. It would, And 
so many people broke their ankles because if you fell over, Ooh. the metal, there was no real support for your ankle, oh, you know, and yeah. they were just called ankle breakers. And, oh. um, and, and I, you know, I had an idea once that it would be funny to do, uh, to, to get an old roller skate like mm-hmm. that because they've got a flat base. And I thought, well, that'd be yeah. perfect for oh, yeah. a scene. Mm-hmm. And then just do a scene of someone that's yeah. broken their ankle and their paramedics yeah. have come to take them away. Um, so sometimes I see objects that have got a bit of, you know, comedy value in them as well as, yeah. as beauty. Yeah. yeah. Would you ever kind of consider making your own pieces or is it always going to be collectors, um, collectible no, bits I and like bits? I like collectible things. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. Um, it just, yeah, I, I can't see that I could um, improve on yeah. something like that. And, you know, yeah. like I've learnt that in this, in the, street art or graph scene mm. there's this saying don't cap what you can't burn yeah and it's like you know if you can't make something better don't don't ruin it yeah you know so and, and and i sort of think well in a similar way i, I couldn't i don't think i could make something that would be more beautiful yeah. than a colorful cigar box or yeah that makes sense skate. yeah so i like to i like to combine yeah, that and thing. I'm just wondering when do the narrative? Because I know on you know if you look at it, there's a little narrative yeah. on, on your Instagram. You put a little story. When do those form? Is it kind of before you create the installation or as it's coming um, together? It's actually a bit of both. Yeah. So sometimes I will, uh, and I've done this many times where I've woken up in the middle of the night and gone, mm. oh, if I found a such and such, that would be really funny with these little miniatures I've already got. Yeah. If I could make you know, yeah. and so then I'll. When I'm out and about, I'll keep an eye out for mm. a particular vintage item, yeah, or a piece of, you know, plastic fruit or whatever, whatever the idea was that mm. I'd had. And then other times, I'll put a scene together, um, without knowing what the the caption or the pun is going to be yep. until after I've finished it. Okay, cool. And so, um, yeah, it's a bit of everything. Mm. Sometimes. And it's not hard for me to come up with the pun. That just comes yeah. out pretty much straight away. Yeah. I think if you're someone who um, does puns, it kind of becomes a bit addictive. <laughs> you know? It does. And, like, they're so bad. Like, I know. It's like they're such like, dad jokes. I know. You know? It's kind like, of this thing when you start doing it and you're just like so amused by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone else is like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's like how many times can I laugh at my own joke? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> and how do you um, – I know environment is obviously – very important yeah. to your work. How do you choose locations? Um, well, I will walk around a lot. Um, I suppose, I guess I, I, I have learnt to look at my immediate environment differently mm-hmm. since I've yeah. been doing this. So um, it kind of doesn't matter where I am. I'm always looking down, mm-hmm. up and, you know, for holes yeah. in the wall. But yeah. it has to sort of have the right feel. So. Mm-hmm. It has to be like a gritty kind of nice brick yeah, or, um, you know, a nice drain or yep. I don't know. It ha- there has to be something and maybe with some interesting paint in mm. the background or an in- interesting bit of ivy or yep. I don't know. It has to sort of speak mm. to me at the time, I suppose. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, I'll wander around the city and mm-hmm. and find spots in laneways. Yeah. I don't want to do it too public because it won't last more than two seconds if I yeah. do it in a really main mm-hmm. street. But um, I get a good step count. Like, yeah, I know. I should, around. <laughs> I should wear yeah. one of those. Monitors. A little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
And like, if you're like, do you ever travel and like kind of install things where you're I do. Get little like weekend trips? Yeah, and stuff like that? I do. Yeah, well, I did that um, earlier this year in Bendigo. Mm-hmm. Got family in Bendigo that I went to visit, yeah. and um, uh, yeah, I just did one thing there, mm-hmm. um, which again created a bit of a buzz. Which you know, cool. who would yeah. who would think? It's just so funny to think that you know people. Uh, it resonates with people and it's kind of cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, especially in maybe more country towns where they don't get as much street well, art, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, the Biennale of Australian Art mm-hmm. last year in Ballarat, um, I think I did, I think I was commissioned to do 10 installations and I did mm-hmm. about 19 just because wow. it was, I was having so much fun. Awesome. Because yeah. the response I was getting was really fantastic so So I was getting people were like really you know going on a hunt for them and Mm -hmm. messaging me complete strangers just messaging me every day I've seen this one I've seen this one where are the other three and can you give me a hint and you know it was so awesome and so then I'd you know give them hints or tell them where or depending (laughs) on you know (laughs) what info they wanted and so I just I kept doing more because I knew mm-hmm. it was being appreciated and people Valued. wanted the yeah. hunt hunt them down. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the same up in uh, this year I went up to Grafton mm-hmm. Regional Gallery in New South Wales and um, did some things there in their beautiful courtyard. Um, and again, it was the same, you know, the same thing. People would come and yeah, I, I think it surprised them and yeah. They enjoyed it and, you know, it's th- great. Th- it's yeah, good fun. Yeah, I think that's where I've, um, I saw your work when I was in Ballarat oh, l- last year. Yeah. And I was actually doing an artist interview on the phone. And I think I was just – I had really bad reception inside. Yeah. And I moved outside just to finish it off. And I think I just saw it out, like, oh at goodness. the corner of my eye and just was like, oh. Well, and <laughs> I, But I was concentrating because the connection was so yeah. bad. And I think maybe a few days later I was like – Wait, <laughs> I'm like, that? I'm like, was those little men inside that brick? <laughs> yeah, and then I totally forgot about oh, it until I was funny. researching you for this podcast, and I came across your profile, and I was like, Oh, my that was God. that. That's hilarious. That's that. You know, it's you know an actual thing. Oh my God, <laughs> it's just Someone's like actually doing this. Yeah, ridiculousness. yeah. It just kind of like you know stayed in my in my memory. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Yeah, how lovely. I wonder which one that was. Yeah, maybe the boobs one where there was men in a brick. I think yes, yeah. yes, it was the boobs yeah, one outside a cafe. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how your brain kind of like. Yeah, collects yeah. these like things, but yeah, yeah this ordinary. Like, that was like a good segue to kind of talk more about like what contextual works exists in, mm. in terms of you know the street art industry. And when you think of street art, I guess you think of you know these big installations or big mm. sculptures. Um, what do you think? You know, kind of is the because you, you're obviously someone's very passionate about street art. What do you mm. think is kind of the definition and purpose of street art? I- Oh, gosh. Big question. (laughs) Oh, it's such a big question, isn't it? I think there are probably a number of definitions. The purpose, I think, will be different for everyone. Although, having said that, um, so there's obviously some selfishness in it because you're doing something that you love that maybe you're good at or you have a niche Mm -hmm. um, skill in doing. Yeah. So whether that's um, a mural Mm-hmm. or um, a stencil yeah. or a paste up or yeah. an installation, like various um, 
types of street art. Um, I think the purpose is obviously to put your voice yeah. public out there mm-hmm. publicly or whether it's your voice or your skill or, um, yeah, your sense of humour yeah. or whatever it be. Um, I think. And what about for you? Like, where do you think you sit within that? Yeah. Um, well, initially I was, I mean, it was very much for me. Yeah. And now I see it's much more about it's for others now. Yeah. So, um, yes, I still do it because it's fun and I love it. But I actually, one of the reasons why I love it is because other people get something from it. Yeah. So for me, it's about, um, uh, you know, maybe instilling that sense of joy mm-hmm. yeah. in something cool. for people mm-hmm. that least, when they least expect it. Yeah. So, um, for me, the purpose is to create um, and inspire joy. Yeah, really. that's beautiful. Yeah, for, that's for me anyway. And, and what do you think the power of um, in street art is compared to more institutionalised artwork that you know is yeah. made to exist inside a gallery? Yeah, I think it's so different, isn't it? Like I've spoken to a lot of um, my friends at Blender and yeah. outside of Blender mm-hmm. who have studied art and yeah. have got degrees in fine art mm-hmm. and and many of them have said how you know the institution of um you know a, an art academy or a u- mm. university or studying yeah. um has has almost smashed that will out of them yeah um so it's quite i mean that's obviously i haven't mm-hmm. got a degree in art so yeah. i can't talk to that personally but um i think with, with street art it's you you've just got no boundaries really yeah. unless you're doing something in an illegal spot you know you're risking getting caught i mean for me it's different because i'm just using glue so i never have to worry about that yeah um but for a lot of my friends who are doing um who are painting and stenciling Mm -hmm. you know that is obviously consideration for them your good friend megs yes (laughs) (laughs) my bestie yeah (laughs) um but yeah i think um i guess part of that would be you know the people who are making it for an with the expect- expectation or hope that it's going to be an institution, they're kind of trying to appeal to, you know, curators and creative directors mm. and also um, more of an artsy crowd who might yeah. come into the gallery. Yeah. Um, maybe it's probably more intellectualised or trying yeah. to play towards more of a history of art canon yeah. and trying to place themselves within that. But then with street art, your audience is kind of, you know, everyone, anyone, but also. What, yeah, and yeah. it's interesting though because you can look at certain street artists like, um, Elk, for example, yeah. Luke Cornish, who, I mean, I look at his work when he was doing, you know, heaps in the street in Melbourne and yeah. I was just so obsessed by his work. Yeah. I loved it and I would try and hunt it out. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and now he's, you know, like a lot of, and, you know, I guess Adnate and Roan are the same. Yeah. Like they just do the most incredible work out on the street, mm-hmm. but they can also translate that into, you know, exquisite galleries that, yeah. you know, um, sell that work for, you know, $10,000 or something and yet the same stencil can be on the street to be viewed by everyone. By everyone. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting. I find that really interesting. I think it's great that um, it serves two purposes. So you've got the everyday viewing public who either appreciate it or don't Mm -hmm. and then you've got the more fine art um uh, oh yeah, I viewers guess yeah, that, that's so true. Yeah, so because you get people it's the who same might, art. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we'll have that 
two completely different yeah, perceptions. That's right. Yeah. That's so interesting. And actually that, what's interesting, what I've really come to notice lately is um, how once you put a value on art, it changes everything. Mm. So, and that's the same with, you know, a lot of, you know, theft of art, for example. Yeah. Um, well, certainly if someone tries to, I mean, take a paste up off the wall yeah. or, you know, my installation or whatever, mm. who, who, you know, um, someone's taking it. <clears throat> Actually, Will Coles is a really mm. good example mm-hmm. of that with his installations. Um, you know, I think he uses some super, super duper industrial strength something or other to glue yeah. his installs down. So that's oh, wow. impossible yeah. really to remove them. To, yeah, take. Um, but the fact that, you know, once you once someone sees that that piece in mm-hmm. a gallery and that there's an, a value attached to it, yeah, then there's suddenly a value mm. attached to it on the street. Yeah. Do you um, think that kind of has something to do with some of the street artists who get a big name for themselves yeah, as well? Kind yeah. of, I'm kind of thinking of, you know, classic example of Banksy. Yeah. I did my um, university exchange years ago in Bristol. Oh, my God. Um, which is – Wow. And I remember just like, you know, on my first days when I moved there, I was just wandering around and – got a little bit lost when I was like walking behind a warehouse and looked up and there was, you know, this um, <gasps> yeah, girl with the pearl earring. And, you know, I was like, oh, okay, maybe that's a Banksy. What? Are and, you serious? And I went home oh and I Googled God. it and it had been done like two days before. <laughs> so, I, you oh know, I hadn't actually heard of it yet because – you know, wasn't in the public, you know, sort of conscious. And so, oh my god, that yeah. blows my mind. Yeah. So two days before, you could have been there when he was doing it. Yeah, <laughs> you could have just walked. True, around. true. <laughs> um, and then you know that changes meaning in my mind. So it kind of went from just you know random yeah. installation to oh, that's you that's know, our Banksy. Yeah, very notorious. <laughs> and then, but you know, at the same time, on the walk to Bristol Uni, in the main street, there is the um two of his works which is one where the man's falling out the window oh, another yeah. one with the girl with the balloon yeah but you know they're like right in the public view it's more showing off than anything else and yeah. it's you know that's banksy yeah you know it was yeah. all about that's his work yeah rather than having any sort of other meaning about it yeah yeah it's, just, it's a banksy it's a banksy yeah, it's a yeah. Banksy. and that's yeah that's pretty much how we talk about his work, yeah. isn't it? Is it a Banksy? Is it a real Banksy? Is it a yeah. Bent? Is it? Oh, yeah. it's a Banksy. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I think with street art, <clears throat> certainly the premise behind it is um, you you are positioning something with the viewer in mind. Yeah. You know, so often, I think more often than not anyway, you're doing that because yeah. you want you want it to be seen. Yeah. Um, and maybe discussed or photographed yeah. or, or whatever. Um, so I think with street art, there is definitely something behind the placement of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you expect from your viewer? Oh, I, yeah. um, I expect, well, I like uh, the fact that they will laugh, like it stops yeah. them in their tracks and they'll look at it, they'll ponder it, they might screw their nose up and go, "What? The, what's this? And then... They'll laugh at it or yep. giggle. So that's kind of that's my, yeah. I mean, expectations a funny word, but yeah. that's what I hope. That, yeah, um, your hope for the viewer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes, you know, occasionally I've stood back, and this was more early on too, um, and just tried to hang around and see if somebody yeah. notices something. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's really kind of funny when people just walk past, and you know that they've walked past something that they haven't noticed, like mm-hmm. something, like an otherworldly little scene. Because yeah. to me those characters actually have their own personalities. So 
when I've put something together, I actually see it as something that's yeah. happened. Yeah, because you spend so much time with them as well. Yeah, so they have, you know, they have names, they have a backstory to yeah. me, which no one else will hear about. But mm-hmm. for me, I have a whole scenario yeah. in my head going on. Yeah. Um, and so when people walk past it, it's almost yeah. just as thrilling yeah. as when people see it because it's like, oh, yeah. I know a secret. Yeah. <laughs> I know something yeah. you don't know. <laughs> but and also how do you kind of deal with the fact that you're like, you know, your uh, street art is temporary as well. You know, it can mm. be destroyed. It can – you know, you're saying these people, you know, the characters, you know, have stories to you, but then they can kind of just be, you know, yeah. destroyed yeah. as well. It's like when Gary's taken off, yeah. you know, a lemon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. So I often, say, I often hear myself saying, oh, you know, yes, street art's ephemeral and um, it's not, you know, it's mm. there to be temporary. And, mm. you know, once I put I've, – I've heard myself saying it so many times. Once I've put it on the street, it yeah. doesn't belong to me anymore. Yeah. It belongs to the street and da da da, da. But then when I hear it's been swiped or it's not yeah. there anymore, there is a part of me that goes, oh, God damn it. Yeah, <laughs> good on, people. Yeah. Like, I give you one nice <laughs> yeah, thing right. and you just <laughs> – can't have nice things anymore. Um, yeah. So, you know, I do – I like to think that I put it, I can walk mm, away from it, yeah. but sometimes I do get a little bit, you know, oh, bugger. That's a shame, yeah. but mostly because it just means other people won't see it. You know, yeah. like there are, there are more people that might mm. have got a bit of joy yeah. out of it that won't get to see it. Yeah. I, I mean, don't know if that's. Uh, it'd be really interesting to know what, through this, what your perception of the public has been, because obviously you're kind of like wanting to, you know, bring joy to people, but then also people destroying your work. So yeah. kind of like, have, has your opinion of people changed? Um, no, it yeah. hasn't. It hasn't really. Somebody, another artist actually once said to me, you know, you can view it two ways. You can be annoyed yeah. about it. Yeah. Or you can be flattered that someone liked it enough that they wanted to take it home. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, that's, oh, true. that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but often with that stuff, you don't ever get to take it anyway. You, the, yeah. the figurines often break because they're glued yeah. down with yeah. a really true. big glue. Um, yeah. They often break in the process. So it looks like someone's wantonly destroyed mm-hmm. it. It could actually be that someone's tried to take it yeah. and just broken it in the process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. I try. I try not to be too precious about that. I mean, yeah, you know, it, it is, is what the it street. is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of um, <clears throat> it is permanent in a way because you do put like you know pictures online. Yeah. Um, so you know, it has like two sort of existences. Uh, so how does your work's reception differ online compared to its existence um, on the street? Well, that's interesting. I suppose on the street I don't get to see yeah. the reaction unless, you know, I hang back for 20 yeah. minutes yeah, or something. Yeah, with the binoculars. Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and I've got my tent set up in the lane. Yeah. <laughs> um, so online it's really cool because I've got all these really great followers who mm. interact with it in the with the pun yeah and i love that so mm-hmm. it cracks me up so often so i'll put the, the photo up in the pun yeah and then um you know there'll be people that that just put their own pun yeah. in or, or add to that pun oh, and cool. i just love it because mm. it's it's that way it's kind of they feel like it's well i like to think they feel like they're part of that yeah. as well yeah um, because it is for everyone else. Yeah. It's just it, yes, I get a lot out of it myself. Yeah. Personally, but it is for other people. So when yeah. I can see people reacting and taking the time to comment or mm. 
or, you know, I don't know, send an emoji or whatever it is. I think, oh, good, that, that's resonated with them in some way enough yeah. to kind of make a comment on it. Definitely. Um, and there was a scenario a couple of years ago which was so funny. It was uh, I did put a scene up in Presgrave Place um, with an old man sitting on a lemon. Mm-hmm. It was really corny. He, he was sitting on a lemon. The lemon was glued down. There was an old lady on beneath the lemon walking away with her Zimmer frame, like walking away from him. And the pun was something corny like, you know, after they'd broken up, George had lost his zest for life, you know, (laughs) it was time for him to find a new squeeze. And it just kind of went on like that. Yeah. And um, that was like the biggest reaction a a piece has ever got. I don't know why, but anyway, people added their own puns and it was just this whole long list of people just adding to it. And then the lemon got stolen. Oh, really? Oh, it was the great theft of 2018. <laughs> wow. And where that lemon is today. The lemon know? was stolen. Someone and has it. I know. Well, I wrote, oh, my God, on the Instagram. Yeah. I wrote, oh, no, it, there's been a disaster that someone's stolen the lemon. <laughs> you know, Marge is still there on the yep. <laughs> in, amongst yeah. the fake grass. Yeah. And the tree's there, but, you know, Gary or George or whatever his name was on the lemon has gone. There was outrage. There was like all these comments. About, How can somebody do this? And it was so funny. And anyway, there was all this kind of hate. Yeah, social media outrage <laughs> is like the best and the worst. You know? just, oh my god, I was so loving it. Yeah, it was hilarious. And then the next day, I went back to do another scene yeah. there to replace the yeah. lemon. The lemon had been returned. Oh, so this person's probably yes. reading these comments, being like, "Oh, no, being I guilted feel so bad." <laughs> and the lemon had been put, yeah. put back. So, oh god. Anyway, that's hilarious. Just hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. What I really like, it, like on Instagram, I do like following artists. Um, like I'm very picky as well like about who I follow because, you know, if you follow too many people, you never see anything. Yeah, yeah that's true, yeah, actually. The algorithm. Yeah, um, the goddamn algorithm. Yes. <laughs> and But it's, like, kind of the same when you walk, like, a lot of street art and how – I think on both Instagram and real life how, you know, if you – art can kind of surprise you, mm. you know, it just pops out with both. But then also – they're both places where advertisements can be quite strong. Uh, you know, they kind yeah, of you know, billboards and also Instagram ads. Yeah. Um, so it's like quite an interesting juxtaposition between, you know, you have your friends, just everyday people, yeah. you know, and then you have your art and then also the advertisements. Yeah. I think it's like a really nice way to kind of break that capitalism yeah. up. It's interesting because um, I feel really uh, passionate about this. I've noticed too with Melbourne embracing street art, in mm. the way it has over the years, um, there are certain laneways that are renowned for really good street art. So obviously, yeah. Hosea Lane's the main one mm-hmm. because it's, you know, tourist. It's a tourist yep. attraction. I don't. Uh, I don't necessarily like a lot of the stuff in yep. Hosea, but that's okay. Don't, not, other people love it. I don't. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter if I don't like all of it. Um, but I just think there are other laneways, for example, that have yeah you know, more striking art, but that's mm-hmm. my opinion. And um, and and so I've noticed then in the other laneways um, where, you know, you do get crowds of tourists coming down. Yeah. Um, the commercialisation of that <clears throat> has really changed the landscape of it because now those laneways and ACDC lanes mm-hmm. are a good example, so is Duckboard Place, mm-hmm. where you've now got an entire wall 
that's just billboards. Oh wow! And yeah. that those were spots where artists would, you yeah. know, do their work, what have you. Um, and so it's just interesting that now ads are there, mm. so tourists can look at the ads. So and it's bad. Just like, oh yeah. God, I hate it. Can nothing be sacred <laughs> yeah, anymore? Yeah, <laughs> I hate it, and it's the same yeah. with um, um, it's the same with that store in Hosea Lane that mm-hmm. opened up. Um, oh, my God, I've forgotten their name now. And they were just, you know, like they sell a lot of skater gear and, you know, yeah. kind of appropriated that rap culture, skater culture. Yeah. Um, and opened up a store there specifically to take yeah. um, advantage, I suppose, of the crowds of tourists That's so that bad. would come through. Yeah. And then... You know, in, I think in their first week or first month, they had an artist arrested. Really? It's what? like, what are you doing? You've got, you so know. it's like anti-street art in a way. Yeah, but you're there because you want to take advantage of the bonuses wow, of the fact that yeah. that laneway has street mm. art. And yet, yeah, uh, anyway. Um, and it's a bit like, too, in um, ACDC Lane, there's, you know, where Cherry Bar was. Mm. I know they've yeah. recently moved. Um there's a big block of um, apartments right at the end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, when that was built, they, all those apartments sold in a very short space of time. Yeah. People moved in because they want to, you know, they want to live in this urban environment and want yeah. a piece of that kind mm-hmm. of inner city living. And I think within a few months they'd all put a petition together to close down Cherry Bar because it was too loud. Oh, wow. It's like, yeah. you serious? It's been That's there 50 crazy. years That's and you've so moved bad. in. And, yeah. Yeah. So then they had to um, scramble and raise 100 grand to soundproof. Oh, my God. That's yeah. terrible. So they, yeah. you know, got all these loyal followers to. It's just the issue of like, you know, I guess with Street Arts, it does have that mass appeal and then, you know, it becomes. Yeah, it can get those complications with you know yeah. uh, city planning. Yeah, yeah, it's like a victim of its own success. Yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely. But um, anyway, thankfully, um, you know, thankfully Melbourne has lots of laneways and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there'll be no shortage of space swear. to paint yeah. or, or I, um, install. I was talking to my boss's son at one point, and he's in you know, early twenties, and he said, um, you know, when I was at school, every boy has a can of spray paint. You know, <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and there's always a spike. You know, it's just the hunt of somewhere that hasn't been touched. Yeah, oh, look, I love so that. Funny. So yeah. many people say, "Oh, I love street art, but I hate tagging," or "Yeah, you know, I like street art, but I don't like graffiti." And it's like, well, you know, um, I think it's just that not understanding it, where yeah. everything has its place. Yeah, you know, tag, tagging. I see tagging as. Um, it's just like a really cool signature yeah. and, and like uh, it's it's the start of something. It's someone mm. that's, like you say, you um, they've got a can and they put yeah. out their um, moniker really quickly. and Yeah. I don't know. I really I mean, like that. Yeah, I think it's cool. And I, I, I mean the cool. spectrum's quite large. Mm. I, like, I've got a question here that I wrote down before. I might kind of relate to this but not mm. really. But, you know, you get those really big artists who are very mm. political and then maybe more things like yours, which are funny. And what mm. about those things that, like, fall in between that might not have that mass appeal, that might, you know, be ugly or might not make yeah. sense, you know, like, but they're for the public and then maybe the public doesn't get them. Like, where's the relationship? Yeah, gosh. Um, it's so interesting because everyone's thought process around art is so yeah. different. Mm. Um, 
and I don't know, like what I might think unattractive yeah. you might love. Um, yeah. You know, I think my stuff's funny. There'll be people out there that think it's stupid. Yeah. You know, like, um, yeah, it's hard to know where things yeah. stand really yeah. in the public sphere. Like, mm, Especially um, when it's getting consumed by everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean... It's like going into a gallery. We're not all going to love the same pieces so of, of art. Yeah. And I think the same could be said on the street. Yeah, um, that's true. I mean, when I was mm. going through Athens, I was just like, oh, my God, so cool. Yeah. Like, this is such a cool, like, you know, sense of their, like, you know, culture at the moment, the mm. restlessness and the politics, blah, blah, blah. But then I might be going through Brunswick and I'll be like, freaking tagging yeah uh, <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm like i don't understand like it's people not- pay like you know million dollars for homes around here then the councils can't clean up the graffiti <laughs> i know it's hilarious isn't it mm. um that's it and look when i first kind of discovered this whole street art movement yeah. and scene and, and everything i wasn't a fan of tags at all yeah i didn't get it but then the more i learned about the history and mm. um and I, I see it. I see it as a really important part of um, that whole urban landscape. I yeah. think it's just as important as a mural, or yeah. um, it might not be aesthetically yeah. as beautiful or whatever. But I still think it's just as important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. And it's adding value to our lives, I guess. And yeah, you know, just and there'll it be up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And there'll be other people that really love it. You mm. know, uh, it's whatever. We all have, yeah, things that speak to us differently, I suppose. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think we should close on that. That's nice. (laughs) And that's it. We have reached the end of this podcast mini series in the arts thank you so much if you have made it this far or just congratulations for making it to the end of episode eight i have had an incredible time canvassing the arts industry with incredible artists and i thank them for being so open about the rewards and the challenges of working within the arts industry which is a very you know dynamic but also challenging atmosphere to be working within even more so i i recorded these episodes around um four to six months ago but I'm recording this exit segment during the coronavirus outbreak which is highlighting to us even more the um, importance of analysing how we work but also how we can support people who are in the arts industry. We obviously love human creativity but you know it comes from humans and we need to think about engaging with them, supporting them, learning from them and even more so when um, we're going through a really challenging time as a community. These people are so important. So find a way to engage, support, even just send your favorite artist a instagram message to say hey i love your work thank you for doing what you do so yeah thanks for listening hope to see you on a sunnier day bye